Today's episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by the Cherry Marketing Institute, an organization funded by North American growers and processors of Montmorency tart cherries. Montmorency tart cherries have been the subject of lots of research, and to date, more than 50 studies have shown the potential benefits of the Montmorency varietal, ranging from inflammation and exercise recovery to sleep. Check out the Cherry Marketing Institute website to learn more at www.choosecherries.com. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Me Athlete Radio. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of No Meat Athlete Radio. I'm Matt Frazier, fresh off of summer vacation, joined by co-host Doug Hay, who's not off fresh off of summer vacation, I don't believe. No, not yet. You were working hard. I was working hard, but it was nice to have a little break from you. I'm yeah. not going to lie. It wasn't. You know what? It was kind of nice. I, I'm not going to lie either. I liked doing this show, but it was nice to have a week where you didn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we missed everybody. We're we glad to be back. We, yeah, me too. And uh, we are, we're doing kind of, a, I guess, an ode to summer today. We, we said everyone does holiday episodes all the time. We, we ourselves do them from time to time. Pour ourselves some, some spiced hot mulled cider and, <laughs> and, uh, and start talking about holidays. But no one really does that too much for the summer. But we like the summer a lot. So we are doing it for the summer. And, and part of what prompted this was my realization that on this vacation that I was on, I came back from this. Same as happens every other time I go on vacation during the summer, it seems, is I come back and I have this this renewed sense of enthusiasm that is very much like uh, what we have around New Year's. And you and I both uh, are, are subject to that around New Year's, perhaps more than the average person, but I definitely get it around summertime when I go away, just take like a week off and go do something different, and then come back from that, and the weather's warm, and it's it's kind of sets you up, you know, makes it easy to eat healthy foods, makes makes raw and fresh types of foods seem really appealing and appetizing. And I get this kind of midsummer inspiration the same way that maybe not quite as powerfully as the New Year's, but uh, a similar sense of like wanting to set goals, wanting to recommit to things and create habits and all that good stuff. I think for for me this summer anyway, it's been even stronger than than some New Year's um you know excitement and i i think it's partly that there's all this fresh fruit everywhere i'm going to the farmer's market and i'm seeing all these fresh vegetables um i had my spring race and now all of a sudden i've kind of reset my fitness goals and there's a blank slate there um everyone is going to the beach and you know you're get in your bathing suit yeah i just feel like there's all this kind of excitement about and you think, next year when i come to the beach i'm gonna be in shape and look <laughs> yeah no, no. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think that there's this kind of this this it's this new spirit, this kind of new life to to both your fitness goals and then also of course the plants and everything else that's going on. Yeah, I get that same sense, and I think I think the race thing probably does have something to do with it. Uh, I haven't had a fall race in a while. I've had I've had my typically end of summer type races. It seems like, uh, but not not much in the fall. So it seems like kind of once you hit that midpoint or the end of the summer or near the end of summer, I guess, and there's not a race on the calendar, that certainly does open things up. Like, if you say you just ran a spring race and that's kind of it, then by midsummer you're a few weeks, month and a half away from that, and that's kind of, for me, when, when you start to feel that excitement about what's what's next. So I think that that sort of emptiness uh, is a good thing and is also part of the reason why this time of year I tend to kind of get excited about stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Okay, so we are going to talk about our our three kind of big topics that we tend to hit with no meat athlete not just the radio podcast show but um in general the the motivation type aspect which we've been talking about a little bit 
and food and of course fitness and exercise and, and how through the lens of summer how does all that um how does all that shake out i mean i guess not not trying to make this we thought about making this no meat athletes official guide to summer <laughs> so i'd say we have the power to make an official guide to summer uh but we just i don't know just in the spirit of summer a kind of laid back relaxing episode that someone might listen to on the way to vacation maybe on a run while they're not on vacation but just out on a you know 90 degree hot run day and want some appreciation for the summer that's what we're going for here and uh hopefully it'll work out because we're going to publish this whether or not it does <laughs> yeah i'm sure it will i'm sure it will <laughs> hopefully all right so let's let's dive into this motivation mindset thing which actually does kind of go into food for me um almost right away but when i get this sense of summertime motivation what what's different from wintertime when it's wintertime i i get it i set the goals and do all that stuff uh and i I try to create habits for the year and figure out what's gonna what's gonna be what defines this year for me. Summertime, though, it tends to be like I started that stuff six months ago, made you know, got somewhere with it hopefully, and then then after a month or two or three months, kind of started to hit the law. And that that's a pretty normal thing happens with with that. You lose some steam uh, in pursuit of almost any goal, and then summertime hits, and for me, it kind of starts with the food and the and thinking of. I'd like to do some sort of something to get myself feeling really energetic again. Because summer just kind of, for me, sort of breeds that that feeling. You go out on vacation, maybe you get some, some extra exercise in, get some more sun, and maybe overindulge in something. Who knows if you're if you're doing that kind of vacation? But then then you get this. Like I was I was talking to my margaritas at the beach. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And like and so I did some of that. Did plenty of wine on the beach, but was talking to my cousin about. She was asking me about this um, like fr- fruitarian thing. And if I'd ever tried it, and she was saying that when she did it, she had this amazing just sort of mental energy and this this sense of motivation. And I remember that I got exactly the same way when I did that for a month or two or whatever it was. And it just got me really excited thinking, I want to get back to that. And I, and I want to, you know, not not because like I want to make that my, my lifestyle or have any plans to do that. But right now, when the weather's this warm, it's like, this is the time to put yourself through a two-week challenge or a 30-day if I mean, I don't think a cleanse is really the thing to call it, but a 30-day kind of reset of, of some whatever the challenge might be, whether it's a raw diet or a raw till four, or just a vegan diet for the first time, or who knows what. Like I think the weather really helps a lot with that for me. Uh, so that's that's kind of where it goes for me when I, when in terms of motivation. But then it also goes to races, and I start thinking like, okay, this is summertime. I could pick something that is in the early spring next year, and if I started now, I'd have a eight-month head start on that thing instead of the typical five months that I you know, usually do where you kind of cut the time frame short. Um, so that that's for me is, is how it goes. And I don't know that, that I do, that I typically don't do the same kind of formal goal setting type process that I would at the beginning of the year, but there's definitely this kind of wake up of the motivation. And for me, it kind of starts from more of a physical sense than a mental sense. Get the diet right, get an exercise plan going, um, as opposed to the New Year's when it's more about you know, mentally kind of constructing these habits and saying, here's what the stuff I'm going to do, meditation and who knows what else. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It's less, for me, it's been less about the um, the act of the goal setting and the act of choosing, you know, which goal I want to chase, which race goals, which fitness goals I want to chase, uh, and more just inspiration to get fit and to focus on different things and, and to eat healthy. Um, and, you know, for I think a lot of that has to do with the heat. It has to do with the heat of the summer and what's available and instead of wanting these kind of comfort foods that are maybe less healthy, um, I want the the raw stuff. I want the salads. I want the fresh vegetables. Um, 
And when you're eating that and you feel good, you know, because you're eating that, then you want to keep eating more and more of that. Um, and then with the goals, you know, at, at the, the fitness goals, I think um, for the past few years, at, at New Year's, I've set a really aggressive spring, winter and spring uh, race calendar and early summer race calendar. Um, but then after that, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't really, never really looked beyond that. And that happened again this year. And, um, you know, I finished the Thunder Rock 100 and, and all of a sudden it was, now what? And I've been running, I've been running, uh, you know, pretty significant mileage. Um, but what's been the most motivating, what uh, actually will be announced the day that this goes live Uh-oh. is that I'm starting a, a four week challenge of a running challenge um, <laughs> where I'm focusing on vertical gain instead of um, mileage. Nice. So I'm trying to get okay. 10,000 feet or 40,000 feet of vertical gain over the course of four weeks. So it's about 10,000 week or that is 10,000 week. Um, and that'll be a nice little four week challenge, I think for me. I like that. Very yeah. cool. Neat. For me, it was this year. It was it was not a race, but the cruise that I had in the early spring, or maybe I guess it was late winter. But it was that was my motivation. It was like I'm gonna I'm gonna be in really good shape for that thing, and just you know, because typically when I I don't know when I go on the I've gone on that cruise now a couple of times. The first year I felt like I was in terrible shape as far as like cruise beach shape. You know, I was just yeah, I was sure. just skinny wintertime, just not not in shape. So this year I felt like I really was. But then once that passed. I definitely felt a really strong loss of motivation, like more than I have felt before, because I haven't really had that sort of goal before. Everything else has been race-related, and you go and you do something, you get a medal. Uh, there hasn't been the drop-off motivation that when you're going after like a physical, just you know, cosmetic goal of I want to look good for this cruise. Right, right. Like that, I hit a brick wall after that was done because oh, really? because it was like I don't have this again for a year, <laughs> and what do I need to look good for? <laughs> right. <laughs> turns out I did have a beach vacation this this past week that i forgot about yeah but aaron doesn't care <laughs> yeah and and that's another thing it's, <laughs> like it, those types that's why i haven't had a goal like that in a long time because i've been married now for uh whatever it is eight years so um i don't know that is what it is so um but yeah i i am definitely feeling that i just went on vacation myself and played some tennis of all things which is a sport that i played around with as a young chap took a few tennis lessons when i was younger uh, but never got too serious about it, but just, just enjoyed playing it. Really had fun running around, um, always in the heat, like always it was a summertime sport for me. And I just, it was just for me associated with, with lots of sunlight and being really hot and being really exhausted. So we had fun with that at the beach. My son got into it. He's six. He took a lesson there. And honestly, that was, that was part of the inspiration for me. Like it wasn't so much like I, I'm not that I'm inspired to become a tennis player now, but just seeing him take up a new sport and, you know, I was thinking about getting him lessons and all this stuff and just like where that might lead. Um, just got me excited for, for fitness and being in shape and in a way that I haven't really been since it's been, I've been so narrow minded about fitness that it's always been about running. Like if I'm, if I'm lifting weights, it's what's this going to do to my running. Um, but you know, the thought of having a, a kid who does something totally different is actually kind of a, a cool thing for me. It'd be, it'd be nice to be a tennis parent and, and, get better at tennis as a result of playing with him so that's that was actually a big source of the of the excitement for me but i am thinking about running too uh as i do the stanford in trip really got me going with that again uh where we went and ran and you know you've talked to me about before the idea of seeing a place when you're like being on a vacation seeing it as a result of running like not just yeah. running for exercise but running as as a way to yes get those that runs in but actually go and check out a place and explore it that's what that for me was the stanford in trip we we definitely did a lot of that so that also played a lot into this this kind of mental 
um, whatever you might call it. I don't know. Sense of sense of enthusiasm again about fitness and food. Great. Yeah. So um, I guess I guess specifically then let's let's talk a little bit about about the food thing. Um, so I mentioned this this idea of of fruitarian and raw tofu and all these things that I tend to want to do in summertime. But actually, I also as a result, when I was when I was away, I hung out with my dad because he joined us for a day or two on the vacation, and then I went to his house, and he's actually gone completely vegan, which is amazing. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. It, it, Since the the Toronto trip, he was he was he'd had a little heart scare before that, so uh-huh. that so he got the motivation, and that's kind of what motivated him to go on the Toronto trip. Um, but yeah, since then he's like really, really cleaned up the diet and like, I mean, he's, he's eating some oil and stuff, but not that much. Um, but I actually took a picture of his coffee table cause I got to his house and spread out across the coffee table, not in like an orderly fashion, like set up for me, but just a totally research fashion. Like he'd been there it was like, I don't know, six or seven books, like Su- Joe Furman's super immunity, uh, Esselstyn's book, prevent and reverse heart disease, uh, the blue zones, the blue zone solution, which they're not vegan books, but they're, they're definitely health food uh-huh. books. Uh, and like three others. And so it was just, it's an amazing wow. thing for me. It's what I, it's the thing that I imagined would be so hard to ever get to happen. And, and he, he has come around. And so that's, that's Good really cool. That's and yeah. Cool. And so I was leaving through his blue zone books and I got into, um, Sard- Sardinia is one of the blue zone areas, this island off of Italy or as part of Italy. But so I've, I've been cooking that food and, and doing a lot of that at home. So I'm trying to come up with like a raw till four and then blue zones ish type eating after four. Uh, so I don't know, don't know where that is is going to lead, but that's kind of where my my food inspiration right now is. But I'm I'm really excited to get back to that raw thing because you know when you're eating the big salad or the half a watermelon for lunch or three mangoes for lunch, like when it's summertime, it just feels like you're like man, I'm I'm never gonna stop doing this. Like this, it just <laughs> it just feels like the the great way to eat. And I I don't really believe that it is. I I've come to believe that you need more fat than that, uh, than like eighty ten ten gets you ten percent of your calories from fat. Uh, I've kind of believe that, that that's not really enough for long-term health as a vegan, but uh, the raw tofu thing is really exciting because you do get that that more typical meal, the chance to get the cooked vegetables, which provide some nutrients that the raw vegetables don't, and you get the chance to get more of those fats in. Um, so that's that's kind of where the food thing has been for me, exciting for me. Um, what do you? How about you? Any any sort of food summertime inspiration for you, or are you just doing Doug's thing? <laughs> nothing as structured as that um which tends to be the when we, you and i talk about food that right. <laughs> um but but we do i do and my wife and i do uh, in our house go through different phases for sure uh in how we're cooking and, and what we're eating um and in this summer really in the last um three weeks probably as the farmer's market has picked up in the amount of vegetables that they you know now that more and more things are, are in season um, we have been eating a ton of salads uh, three or four times a week. That's the main part of dinner and lunch is mm-hmm. just um, really big salads with raw vegetables and raw squash and raw peppers and um, all kinds of, you know, just whatever is in season and whatever we have available to us. Um, and that's just been great. I, I It makes me feel so good after having both lunch and dinner be, um, you know, some sort of salad uh, I just feel so clean and so good with that. So that's been that's been the motivation recently. You know, of course, we're throwing some beans, some cooked beans and stuff on there too, but uh, predominantly raw. Um, and and you know, fruit smoothies for breakfast. And and really, it's the same frozen fruit for the most part as what we would get during the winter. But for some reason, it just <laughs> right. you know maybe it's because it's warm outside or, or something like that. But it just feels 
it feels better and um you know and we're we're adding in fresh blueberries and fresh berries and stuff like that that's in season yep uh we went on a big picking spree recently uh at the one of the trails in black mountain has blackberry bushes that go i mean just thousands of blackberries <laughs> <laughs> so went on a big blackberry picking spree which was fun for some of those and yeah i don't know it just it feels feels good to summertime is that time when you just want to eat fresh you want to eat clean yeah what you said actually about about the that it's not quite as formal for you maybe or structured the when you know we talk about food like i i have this tendency to like want to install these patterns and habits into my diet because that's something it has like like you mentioned how good it feels to be eating salad that often to be eating it at least once a day maybe even sometimes more um it does feel good and it's also really easy to get away from and and i found that that's how a lot of habits are that you you can you get of course you get inspired and then you do it and it's really easy to do for a few weeks because you're just super excited about it and it feels great but then some little thing comes up and you don't even realize that it's happening always but it you know throws you off for a week when you don't have any salads it's just in this specific example and then you forget to come back to it when you get back to your routine right um so i've i've been trying to get back into that that system which you know and i wrote a post a long time ago called 10 foods worth eating every single day and quite mm-hmm. honestly those are not the 10 foods that i think are worth eating every single day anymore <laughs> uh, i mean i don't think they're i don't think they're a bad idea to eat them every day but that that has kind of changed for me what what i think is if you could really truly only have 10 foods that you were eating every single day um you know they'd be somewhat different than what i wrote back then but that that post kind of came from this idea of not just like here's the food you should eat every day but here is a way to make sure that you get these foods. And that's that's what I've been thinking a whole lot about recently. In fact, I'm trying to make a new... I've given the same talk now for several years at events. I'm trying to just come up with a new one. And I think it's going to be based in, in that idea. Is here's like Let's look at the foods that Dr. Furman or Dr. Greger uh, or any other, you know, name your favorite vegan doc guru guy. Um, like, how do you actually make sure you do it? How do you come up with a plan that makes you actually build in these five to 10 foods every single day. So I've been focused a lot on that and just trying to experiment with daily habits and different things like that. But um, just in case people are curious, the ones that I've that I've had success and done it with are uh, a turmeric, like a slice of turmeric every single day. Typically I'll do that with the salad at dinner time when I'm preparing. The, and so salad's another great example is I always do it as the, when you're cooking dinner, make the salad first and serve it then so that you're starving then, you want food, everything smells good, so you're just going to eat what's in front of you. So if it's salad, that's a good thing because if you wait till it comes to the table with the rest of the meal, typically the salad gets pushed aside and you just eat the eat the other thing. So, that, so that's part of the routine. So now I've added to that, that's when I do a little quarter-inch slice of turmeric, feed it to myself and my wife. Um, so that's part of it. I've been thinking more about green tea. I'm trying to do, this came from the Blue Zones thing, this idea that, what typically is done in the blue zones is coffee in the morning, um, green tea in the afternoon, wine at night, and then water throughout the day. We've talked a little bit about how you know caffeine and alcohol maybe have a better reputation than they typically deserve because people like to share those ideas. But I don't know. I was looking through this book, and it seems I mean there's there's actual science going on. This isn't just anecdotal. Like we think this is what makes these people live longer. They they did statistical stuff, and they said these foods are are linked to long life. So I've been trying to incorporate green tea again which is something like i used to do for a while and i kind of did it in place of coffee i feel like this has kind of given and even dr Greger stuff he says similar stuff it's kind of i feel like giving me permission to have that cup of coffee 
and not feel like, okay, that's my caffeine intake for the day. I shouldn't have any more. But now, like, just treat green tea, which is such a wonderful food, completely aside from the caffeine stuff. It's just a food that's worth including in your diet all the time. Um, you know, working that in the afternoon as, like, an afternoon drink. When, when I don't necessarily want more caffeine or more coffee, but uh, green tea has, has a small enough amount of that that it's not really a big concern to me. So uh, getting that cup of green tea in the afternoon is a really good thing. Uh, I mentioned fat. I've been trying to to get more fat in my diet. Uh, I've read reread some of Dr. Furman's stuff and found ten to thirty percent, or that that in between ten or fifteen maybe and thirty percent um, is kind of where the sweet spot is. So many other, other vegan docs, and I mean, I guess if you trust them, then then you'd go lower. But so many other people were saying it's around ten percent, and Furman really tends. It seems that he believes that that when you're down that close to ten, you're kind of really risking. Uh, some some issues from not having enough fat. So he's someone I really, really like and trust. So I'm trying to get some, just make sure that I actually do get somewhere in that range, in that 15 to 30% range of fat. Um, and then of course there are tart cherries. Uh, as we mentioned, the Cherry Marketing Institute is a sponsor of this episode. Uh, but the tart cherry juice lends itself particularly well to this, this same idea. Uh, and that for me, there really are only, so, so the, the goal for the tart cherry juice is to get Get it twice per day. Get one ounce of it, which is two tablespoons, twice per day. So, so two tablespoons in the morning. Of the concentrate, right? Of the concentrate. Yes, that's that's a good clarification here. Uh, if it's just straight up juice, what they recommend is an eight ounce glass of juice. But typically, the way I do it is concentrate because you can just get a big old bottle of, of this Montmorency tart cherry juice. That's that's the varietal that all the studies have been done on that that show the sleep benefits and the recovery benefits. Uh, but you can get it in concentrated form, and that's typically how we do it, so that you just get this this two tablespoon serving in your glass. And some people do apparently drink it like a shot, but uh, that has never been my cup of <laughs> cup of cherry juice, I guess. Uh, so I, what we do is is just dilute that with with whatever eight ounces of water. So you, I mean, it's, it it ends up being just like juice, it's just from okay. a concentrate. Uh-huh. So uh, for me, it is it's right after the workout. That's that's the way to get those recovery benefits. And then also this, I guess, less talked about benefits of tart cherries are the uh, the sleep benefits. So there's been studies that show people that sleep like 40 minutes longer and more efficiently as well, meaning more sleep, more actual sleeping time during their in-bed time um, if they drink cherry juice before bed as well as earlier in the day. So the earlier in the day is the post-workout one, mm-hmm. and then the the one at bedtime is is the other serving. So that's that's how that works for me. Um, you know, it it's, falls in really well here because those are – really precise times it's just like right after the workout right before bed are the times when when i do that you know matt i have been drinking some tart juice as well for purely health reasons i hope <laughs> of course no well <laughs> so you know it's summertime right and we're grilling out some and we're just spending more time out on the deck and nothing better than a a little summer cocktail right it, either either with alcohol or without alcohol uh, either one you know you kind of want this fun little drink right um, and Katie and I were brainstorming ideas for different fun summer cocktail drinks. And, uh, we were in the grocery store aisle looking at different juices and stuff. And I saw the Montmorency tart cherry juice and I was like, we should do that. And so that's what we've been doing. We've been using it for our evening, uh, cocktails or mocktails or, or whatever it is. Um, there you go. Using, adding in some sparkling water and a little, uh, lime juice or mint. And it's been very good. And Jen, if you want that too. So, so Scott Jurek uses tartar juice, Doug, as his his natural uh, anti-inflammatory, like to replace ibuprofen to get him through a hundred mile ultra marathon. And uh-huh. but Doug, hey, hundred mile ultra marathon <laughs> winner, his use of tartar juice is in a mocktail. <laughs> <laughs> Equally as badass, I think, right? <laughs> <laughs> I would say so. I would say 
And I would say everything you do is equally as bad as it's him. Oh, yeah, definitely. Of course. <laughs> All right. Uh, so so that's, I guess that sums up food. Uh, and let's let's wrap up this little food section with the um, one more shout out to our sponsor, the Charity Marketing Institute. This organization is funded by growers and processors of Montmorency tart cherries in North America. When you choose this homegrown superfruit, not only are you supporting small family orchards in the U.S. and Canada, but you're choosing a cherry with a unique nutrient profile. In fact, there are more than 50 studies exploring the potential benefits of the Montmorency varietal, ranging from inflammation and exercise recovery to sleep, which are benefits unique to this variety of cherry. As a matter of fact, a growing number of elite athletes and everyday exercisers like Doug Hay are incorporating Montmorency tart cherries in their training routines as they've been shown to help reduce strength loss and aid recovery after extensive exercise. Montmorency tart cherries are available year-round in dried, frozen, juiced, and concentrate forms, and you can find them at your grocery store. Go check them out. Learn more about the benefits on www.choosecherries.com. Thanks again, Chariot Marketing Institute, for sponsoring this episode. Yes, thank you. All right, uh, on to fitness then. We've covered we've covered goal setting or mindset, motivation type stuff. We've now covered some of the food aspects of summertime. And finally, we've got exercise, uh, which is my least favorite part, I would say, of summertime. But uh, <laughs> it's my least favorite part of all time. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, it, fitness and exercise during the summer is... It's it's a interesting balance because um, you know part of you wants to do it. You're outside a lot just because it is summertime, and um, you know maybe you're inspired to lose a little weight for you know your bathing suit or whatever it is. Uh, fitness is kind of on the forefront of your mind, but at the same time, it's really hot and it's uncomfortable to run. It's uncomfortable to be out there doing certain things that during the spring or the fall it would be much more comfortable. So it's kind of this interesting balance. Yeah, that and that's that's kind of what I was getting at is that I've had many of these this newfound motivation and then these hopes to do some big thing. I've had those hopes dashed while being out in the middle of a run and it's 95 degrees out and you know I might be 2 or 3 miles in and and have 3 or 4 miles to go to get back home. Right. And just like have this this overwhelming urge to stop running and just start walking and i've done it before <laughs> I've, I've just stopped running and just started uh-huh. walking and like in that half a second in my mind it's like okay well i guess i'm not doing that whole goal anymore that i had had all these hopes wrapped up in um yeah so that that's i've i've had that situation many times my advice but and i know other people too I've, I've heard lots of people who email with this complaint of like it's summertime or it's it's suddenly hot out and i just feel like i just can't do this anymore i just feel like i'm just like have no energy have no whatever no strength no no like all my fitness is out the window my advice in those situations is be okay with with walking like just understand it is hard to train in the heat it is measurably more difficult you, your heart rate's going to be higher all, all your signs of exertion are higher because it's hot out uh when you're you know going at a, a given or, or constant pace compared to that same pace when it's when it's cooler out um, so just understand that you are not going to be able to do as well as as you otherwise would, and instead of using that as your reason to just shut everything down, which I have done before, uh, just be okay with like saying, okay, well I'm gonna walk for five minutes, and then when I cool down and feel better, then I'm gonna go ahead and get back to running, and I'm not gonna just trash my whole goal in my head and do it. I'm just gonna walk for a little bit and realize that it, it's harder to train right now, but as a result, once it becomes cooler, because I've trained in this heat, it's I'll be better off for it. Yeah. Definitely. And, you know, and hopefully after a few bad runs where you're just 
miserable you will take different approaches to, to the run and uh, maybe run earlier in the morning or later in the evening i have for the first time really in my life been running early in the morning most days um you know like really early like 6 30 which is really early for and you're me. still doing that's still still happening i know yeah. you've done it like twice when we last talked now i've been doing it a lot um probably three or four times a week yeah yeah do you have any tips any any wake up you don't like do the sleep in your running clothes thing do you don't do the sleep in my running clothes, but I have definitely gotten a better routine going um, and kind of figured out exactly how much time I need uh, to, to wake up properly and get in a little bit of water. Um, coffee? No coffee till after? Uh, on some of the longer stuff that I've been doing, I have been doing coffee and, and more of a proper breakfast or you know proper pre-run breakfast. Mm-hmm. But like this morning, I just um, had some water and that was it. Uh, but, you know getting all the clothes ready and putting them outside the door so I'm not waking up my wife, um, having, uh, you know, pre-grinding my coffee the night before, which um, is a faux pas for maybe Oh, it's terrible. Pressure, you but... can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> you may as well not even drink it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, if I, if I do, am drinking the coffee, then then Katie prefers me to grind it the night before <laughs> instead of at 6.30 in the morning. I guess that makes sense. Um, you know, so I've been doing that kind of stuff just to make the mornings a little bit easier for me and for her and just more of a routine with that. And it's gotten way easier, too. It's just, you know, as soon as you wake up early five or six times, you know, as soon as you start getting into that habit, it's way easier to do that. Um, and uh, so, yeah. So I've been doing that, and that's been great. It's been a really good way for me to beat the heat, for sure, because it's at least out here, it's much cooler. Um, oh, yeah. Much cooler in the morning. Yeah. Do you, do you like, find yourself having a bedtime on those nights where you, like, say, I got to get in bed by, by yeah. 10 o'clock or whatever, yeah. whatever it is? Uh, well, actually, the beginning of this year, for one of our New Year's resolutions was to establish a bedtime, which which we have been, for the most part, been sticking to pretty closely. Um, but I don't have a very good nightly routine in that, you know, I'll read or I'll do, you know, look at my phone or something like that when i get in bed mm-hmm. um and so i'm much more strict about that on nights when i'm about to run gotcha so five or six times getting up early is all it takes huh that's how that's all it takes to get used to it well i mean not not entirely but it's certainly way you know, easier than those first yeah, few times right, yeah right well it's funny because that's like i would i think usually the same thing about like hot summer runs like it takes i don't know five to ten of them and then once once you're kind of used to it your body adjusts and you you mentally just adjust to this is what right. it's like to run now mm-hmm so I guess you could pick either one. You can either get used to the running in the heat, or you can get used to getting up early. Yeah. And if you get up early, then you get to then you get to run a little bit faster. You get to not not have your performance suffer. Right. So well, and I know that some people are going to listen to this and think six thirty is like, <laughs> and they're like, and I will say I'm running at six thirty. I'm not getting up. I'm getting up in the fives. Uh, okay. Well, that's uh, if you're getting up in the fives, that's that's pretty early. Yeah. Six fifteen is my cutoff for early. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, so, what else with fitness? Any any more to talk about in the in the fitness? Realm? I mean, I don't know. What about like vacation? I mean, we've we've had entire episodes about running and fitness on vacation, but you know, mm-hmm. I think that this is a good topic to add here, just briefly, um, because most people are going on vacations during the summer. They're going to the beach, or they're going to the mountains, or doing something uh, family related. Yep. Um, what? Do, how do you approach fitness when it comes to vacation? Um, you know, I. I kind of, I'm totally okay with, with not running, you know, with totally 
skipping whatever your routines are during vacation because i think that's that's a nice part of it is that it can be just a total break from what you're used to and you just you just drink coffee and go to the beach and then drink wine like that like that is and lots of watching kids too which is what my vacation was this past time (laughs) um but like you know so I'm, i'm totally fine with that however they i also have found times when i really do get inspired to run like because I'm on vacation, when then that can be the the inspiring thing. Like like as I said, I kind of got in that mindset of eating well. And although I didn't, I don't think went on any major runs vacation. I may have went on one little one, but mostly play tennis. Um, you know, you you get that when you start feeling like you're treating your body well. A lot of times, right with with the eating well comes the motivation to go running and do that. Uh, on another note, as this is something you've mentioned before to me, is, is the idea of taking a vacation. For the running aspect of it, which is which you know was totally foreign to me, uh, still kind of is. Except that when I did the the Stanford thing, as I mentioned, that that was a running retreat, and I was there, of course, as as kind of partly for work, like I was I was a host of it. Um, but just like everyone else, I was there to to enjoy the the runs and and actually did that. Like it was really cool to have, uh, you know, be on a running vacation and have like you know one one time a day would be plenty, I would think, for most vacations. Like there's no reason to go on two. <laughs> But the fact that we had two runs a day made it, it was just this challenging thing. And it was, it was hard to go for that second run. Like after running, I don't know, eight or nine miles in the morning, like to go out for another four or five in the evening was not always what I most wanted to do. You know, it, it was like, I'd rather just relax at the pool and then go to dinner. Um, but by the end of it, it was like to look back and say, Hey, we ran twice a day, all these times like that, that kind of made the entire thing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a really cool thing is that you can, you can, build vacations around that type of thing if if your vacation is suited to that now going into one with two kids wouldn't be that well suited to to trying to also make it a running vacation uh, but i think it's a i think it's a really cool idea and it's something that i i will be more open to in the future i'm excited to hear that that's good <laughs> well not probably ever do the ones you do whatever that colorado stuff is where you go and run 100 miles in three days <laughs> that's crazy but um how many miles did you did you log uh, during the Stanford, end. I I don't know. After two days, I was at I was over a marathon because I texted Aaron and said, "Hey, I just ran a marathon in the past two days." <laughs> uh, and I think by the end of of four days, I was at like forty five miles or something. Nice. I don't know. Yeah, it was it was good. I think I think the group did because I, I had a major car fiasco getting out there, so I missed the first evening run. Um, long story, but <laughs> anyway, I heard about it on yeah. Sid's YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I didn't know he did anything with well, that. Well, just uh, just about your uh, your ID. Yeah, I lost my driver's license. Not not through any fault. Of, well, I guess it was my fault. It wasn't taken away. It wasn't forcibly removed from me. It was just I left it in a hotel <laughs> in Nashville, mm. I think. Anyway, caused problems, so I missed it. So the rest of the group did six miles more than I did, I guess. Although some groups, some people didn't run as far as others on the runs, so maybe not. Oh, anyway, made it up. Not, a, not an interesting tangent, I don't think, for most people. But <laughs> uh, somewhere in the 40 to 50 mile range, I ran, which is good because I, I had in, in the training for that had done many fewer miles. I had done a bunch of a bunch of like four and five hill type runs, um, but never more than 25 in a week. You know, it was just just mm-hmm. four mile runs, and I'd do four or five of them in a week, and got lots of good hill training. It was an interesting actually experiment for me in that that idea of only doing like training that that is working the one the you're not your no no <laughs> no easy runs yes. and no, no easy runs, runs. Yeah. um not doing the long slow distance just mm-hmm. just getting in more intense workouts so it was interesting and it worked i was actually quite happy with with how i ran on this trip um good anyway yeah so 
so I don't know. Anything else with, with fitness on vacation? I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's that much more to say. I think it's a cool way to explore an area for sure. And I think a lot of what we're talking about, this increased heightened motivation sense and the eating well, that can often uh, you know, motivate you to, to go out and, and do running or whatever your, your choice of exercise may be. Uh, so who knows? We, as you said, we have the episode about is it, is it worth running on vacation? Should you run on vacation? Uh, I don't know what, what side of the line people fall on, but um, I, I can see the arguments for both. Yep. All right. Well, I think, Doug, this wraps up our summer extravaganza. Summerfest 2016. That's what I wanted to call it. You kind of mixed that one in the mud. Well, (laughs) we've just been doing the summer running camp series. Uh By the way, I'm starting with my son today, summer drum camp. Ooh, (laughs) cool. That's right. Um, Which is not anything real at all. We're just going to practice drums for 30 minutes a day for a week. like it. I like it. (laughs) All right. Um, Let's wrap it up then. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope we have given summer its due here. Uh, let, it's not all about Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa. There's also the, the whole opposite side of the calendar, which deserves some podcast episodes about it. Absolutely. All right. Talk to you all later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.